0: going to preach just a little while this morning on the subject consider the cross consider the cross just remain standing just for a second luke last week we preached on the three gardens this week it's going to be on the three crosses listen i i i thank god for what he has put in his word and what it does for us but I, I want you to know something. His word will be of none effect unless you apply it. That's why the Bible says it's so critical to be a, a doer of the word and not just a hearer. I don't care, Brother O'Neill, how much medicine you got in your cabinet. If you don't take it, it ain't going to help you. Now, let's, let's, let's keep that in mind as we, as we read the word today. Luke chapter 23... Luke chapter number 23, and I must not have said the chapter because you're turning. Amen. 23, 32. 23, verse number 32. And when you get there, say amen. Amen. All right. And there were also two other malefactors, evildoers, criminals. The Bible says, led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription was also written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, railed on him, criticized him, uh, uh, belittled him. This is what he said. He said, "If thou be Christ, save thyself and us." This was not a uh, "I hope you're him, get us down." This was a this was a criticism. This was a mockery. Uh, this was thrown it. the Bible says they threw it to his teeth. In other words, it was right in his face, a, 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 a bitter, a bitter mockery. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God? Doest thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. When thou comest into thy kingdom, some of the sweetest words in the Bible, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee. When you see the word verily, it means truly. It means what I'm fixing to tell you is a fact. Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word." Thank you for an opportunity to share it. Thank you for an opportunity to deliver it. Lord, I believe I've got it. I believe I've got the message for the hour. And Lord help us to apply it to our life because this is to the saint as well as the sinner. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Everything, everything in the Bible is there for a reason. There is, there is no uh, mistakes. I believe in a Bible that's infallible. I believe in a Bible that's inerrant. I believe in a Bible that's correct from the beginning to the end. Amen. I believe it all. I believe the Word of God, and I believe He wrote it for a reason. Uh, he wrote what He meant, and He meant what He wrote. Say amen. I believe that. And I don't believe anything is a coincidence in the Word of God. I know that these three crosses that are here before you today... I know that the three that were on that hill called Calvary that day, uh, they were there for a specific reason and a specific purpose. I believe in the Old Testament it was prophesied that that would be. The Bible said that he would hang with criminals, he would die with criminals, and it was fulfilled in God's Word. But I believe it even goes a little further than that because God specifically describes some things that they said, some things that happened on these particular crosses. And that's what we're going to talk about today day. The three crosses on the hill of Calvary, let's consider the cross. Each cross represents a different thing. Each cross represents a different stage, if you will, in people's life today. Everybody comes to the cross the same way. Everybody, the moment that you're born into this world, the moment you are physically born, you are born under the condemnation of sin. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said, I did not come to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved. He said, The world is already under condemnation. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. David said in sin, did my mother conceive me? You don't have to lie to be a sinner. You don't have to steal to be a sinner. You were born a sinner. Now, you say, what does these crosses have to do with that? Well, I want to take each cross and represent a truth today. I want to take each cross and we're going to name that cross uh, and and then talk about what was found on that cross and and what was seen on that cross and what was heard on that cross. What did we hear from each one of these crosses and how can we apply it to our life today? If you're ready, say amen. amen. On the first cross. I want you to, if you're taking notes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this over here. I know some of y'all in this back corner, uh, Bo, and uh, you, you probably deserve to be in the corner over there. I know what you've done to my house, too. I know you as part of the crowd. I, I want y'all to know that man, he, 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 he made my house look like a snow field in, in the middle of March. They toilet paper my house, and there will be there will be repercussions. Vengeance is mine, saith the Rev. Amen. <laughs> I didn't have nothing but the message, but it made me feel a whole lot better. Amen. Listen, this is very appropriate that we name the first cross the cross of? That's what Bo did the other day. Amen. All right. Say that with me. Rebellion. Rebellion. You say, where do you find that? Where do you find that? Oh, we see. Lord, let this work. Hallelujah. If it's crooked, forgive me. Amen. I want you to look in your Word. About I thought it was cool though, Bo. I did. My wife didn't, but I thought it was cool. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look in verse number. Look in verse number uh, thirty-nine. Verse thirty-nine. While he was hanging on the cross. One of the thieves looked at Christ and began to uh, rail upon him and cast it in his teeth and, and began to mock him. And, and the Bible says uh, in verse 39, one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. There was a mockery. There was an, a, a rebellious attitude with him. said, look, if you're who you say you are, if you're this big bad person, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of God, oh, get you down and get us down too. That's a spirit of rebellion. Amen. Now, you say, what, what do we see there? I want you to write this down. eh? write this down. There was a disbelief in his person. There was a disbelief In his person. In other words, he did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was. You say, what's the big deal about that? you got to understand something. There's a verse in the Bible in Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? Before you can ever get saved, before you can ever come to know the Lord as your personal Savior, before you can ever walk on a street of gold, before you can ever have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you need to understand and believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was God incarnate who came to this earth, bled and died and gave His life for you and me. It all hinges on that fact. You say, I have faith. It doesn't matter if you have faith. It is the object of your faith. There are people that have faith in camels and people that have faith in cows and and people that have faith in gold statues. But I'm telling you, if you're putting your faith in a little gold statue about this high, you will bust hell wide open because the object of your faith is not worthy of your faith. It is not about how much you believe. It's not about how much faith that you have. It's who you're putting that faith in. Who is the object of your faith? They said, oh, how are, you, how are you doing these miracles? Peter and John raised the man up in Acts chapter number 3. They said, how did you do this? They said, neither is there any other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And you sit here this morning. Say, so well, I, I just don't believe that. You are condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Can you see the disregard here? His disbelief. He said, I don't believe who he said he was. I don't believe he's the son of God. I don't believe. I don't, I don't, I don't believe. You know what the Bible says? Brother Will, the Bible says... That there's going to be whoremongers in hell. The Bible says there's going to be uh, uh, murders in hell. There's going to be thieves in hell. There's going to be, there's going to be uh, listen, uh, 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 all of these things that we see. And, and, we, and we, we list and we look, boy, that's a, yeah, that's a bad guy in hell. But do you know what the top of the list is? Unbelief. There's some good old boys in this world. I got some friends of mine, they're good old boys. I would, I would trust them with my life. They're good old boys. Listen, they, they, they don't do anything wrongs per se. They don't smoke, drink, whatever, run around on their wives. They're just good old boys. But you know what? They've got one fault. That's right. Unbelief. Yeah. Amen. And do you realize unbelief will send you to hell just as fast as killing somebody? And you know what? I think there's going to be more people in hell because of unbelief than murder. I don't believe you are who you say. Can you imagine him standing here hanging on this cross and knowing he's about to die. The lifeblood is dropping out of his body. Listen, his, his body is eking away. And he said, I don't believe you are who you say you are. A disregard. A disbelief of his person. But not only that. This is even worse. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. Now all the saints, listen up. You're not immune to this. Hebrews ten twenty-nine Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy? Now he's talking to saints right here. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to saints. Paul is speaking uh, to the Jews here and he's talking to those that are believers that had backslidden. And gone back on their, listen, their commitment to God. He said, how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. What does that mean? There was a disregard for his provision. He not only disbelieved his person he not only had unbelief in his heart, he did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was disregarding, discounting the provision that Christ was making on the cross. As Christ, who was innocent, in whom was no guilt No guile, no sin, no, listen, no immorality. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God without spot or blemish who was dying for sinful mankind as His blood dropped and hit the ground. He said, ah. A disregard for His provision. I think about how many times God the Father looks from heaven and sees the way sinners treat the price that was paid for their salvation. How many of you have been to a party? Don't raise your hand. You've been to a party and you, you helped your child get a gift for that other person and your child was so excited about giving that gift. And the other child just kind of unwrapped ah, and went to this other one. As a, as a parent, how does it make you feel? And, and God the Father saw what his son did. So you could get out of that pit. He saw how his son suffered, so you could be forgiven of being a drunk. He saw how his son was butchered and betrayed and beaten and battered and lied about, so so you could get off a of crack. Listen, he saw what his son did and and it happened to him by those he was forgiving. And we'll get up every day and ignore it. We know the truth. Some of you, it's not that you don't believe, you do believe. But you're treating the, listen, the blood sacrifice, the gift of the Lord, as it's not a big deal. Now, everybody hold your seatbelt up. It's a fake one. Come on, help me. Now, click it. It's finna get tight. I want to talk to you saints a minute. Look up, we ain't having prayer yet. Come on, look at me. This attitude that it's it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is permission. He, 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 he. Let me tell you what God thinks about that. A complete disregard for the blood of Christ. When you willfully know in your heart and God has told you it's wrong and you do it anyhow. And you're resting on your seal to redemption? Well, or you, Well, you said we're sealed forever. You are. You sure are. Blessed. Yes, sir. Well, then I don't have nothing to worry about. I just ask forgiveness. Wait a minute now. Let's read. Let's go back to that verse. Let's go back to that verse. We're talking about, we're talking about save people. We're talking about saved people. Go back to Hebrews chapter 10, 29. He is speaking to save people. Watch what he says. How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. You know what you're doing? You're thumbing your nose to the Holy Ghost when you willfully disobey Him. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of something and you do it anyway. You know what you're saying? Ah, oh, that wasn't no big deal. You're trotting underfoot the blood covenant. Yeah. What do you mean? You've got to understand this. Your sin is what put him there. Yeah. Right. My sin is what put him there. And when I nonchalantly just act like I want to act and live like I want to live and just rest back on, hey, I'm going to just come ask forgiveness, I'm treating it like it's no big deal. Yeah. Right. Let me go even further. Oh, but I'm forgiven. Oh, you might be. You might be. Listen, this this thief over here was forgiven. This thief over here was forgiven, wasn't he? He told him today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was forgiven. But you know what? He still died. What's that mean? David come to God after his sin of adultery and his sin of murder. He come to God and said, oh God, would you purge me from my iniquity? Would you cleanse me from my sin? Lord, would you forgive me against thee and thee only? Have I sinned and done this iniquity in thy sight? Oh God, would you purge me with the hyssop? And God forgave him. God washed his sin away. God purged him. But you know what? He still paid fivefold. He was forgiven, yet his baby died. He was forgiven, yet his daughter was raped. He was forgiven, and his oldest son was murdered. He was forgiven, and his listen, another son tried to run him out of the kingdom and take his kingdom away and even slept with his wives. He was forgiven, but he was run out of the kingdom by his son Absalom, and Absalom was killed in battle. Listen, we can act like like, play the fool if we want to, but I'm telling you, We're doing the same thing that verse says. If we willfully disobey and sit on the cross of rebellion. When God tells you to do something and you don't, that's rebellion. When God tells you to serve and you don't, that's rebellion. When God tells you to repent and you don't, that's rebellion. The Bible says in the Old Testament that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. God would rather you, listen, he's not interested in sacrifices, he's interested in obedience. Oh, but I'll just give a little more in the offering. I'll just come to church a little more. That's not what God wants. God wants you. He wants obedience. And we see on this first cross a complete disbelief in Christ's person. We see a complete disregard for Christ's provision. Listen, if you're if you're here today, if you're here today and Jesus is speaking to your heart, well, how can, I, how can I classify it and know it's rebellion? Well, during the invitation, when he tells you to do something and you don't, that's rebellion. Rebellion sent him to hell. Are you all still with me? You know, we all kind of start out there, don't we? You know, Brother Harvey, I didn't come to Christ the first time he invited me. I wish I did. But I rebelled. I rebelled. But I'm glad he didn't quit. Amen. Richard, what do I need to do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to do what he's telling you to do. If this is the place God wants you to serve, you need to hook up. If you need to be saved, you need to fall on this altar. We'll have people at this altar, we'll have people at this altar with Bibles in their hands. They'll be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. What I need to do, just do whatever they tell you to do. If you've got sin in your life, you've got got a sin that you're committing and God's been convicting you about it and convicting you about it and you still have it, you need to come and give it to Him. The Bible says we're not just to confess it, we're to forsake it. Are you with me? Say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second cross we come to. Hallelujah. We see, what's that cross? Amen. This other fella. He had a little different attitude. But you know what, Brother O'Neill? I found out if you go back and study the other gospels, he was making fun of Christ too. In the very beginning, when they were first crucifying him, when they were first hanging him on the cross, the Bible says he was doing it too. Yeah. Amen. But then I think, I think he heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I believe that thief, you know what happened? What changed his mind, preacher? He heard the word. He heard the word. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Son, he heard the words of Christ. He had heard about him. He had heard stories about him. He had heard what the crowd said about him. He had heard what the critics said about him. And he had made up his own mind. But boy, when he heard him. I believe at that moment when he heard Jesus forgive them, when he heard Jesus look up at his father and with a heart of compassion and mercy looked down and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I believe the Holy Ghost right there wrapped his, listen, his tentacles around the heart of that thief and said, Son, this is the day that the Lord has made. You need to find him and ask forgiveness. He is the one that you need. He's the one that you've been looking for all this time. I believe that thief sat there I believe he was shocked at first I do, I believe he was like wow how could he say that for what they're doing they've been so brutal to him they've been so wicked to him they've they've treated him in such a bad way how is it possible that he could say forgive them you know what will win your friends you be God in the tragedy when they treat you bad you treat them right and it'll change their heart. Right. Listen, this, this, this cross of repentance, this, this thief, the first thing he did. Man, I like this. Write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. At the cross of repentance, we find, we find a recognition of guilt. A recognition of guilt. You know what he said, Brother Michael? He said this. He said, man, we deserve to be here. We are getting what we deserve. He's telling the other thing, man, what's wrong with you? Have you lost your mind? This guy had not hadn't done anything. He is innocent. But we are guilty. We're guilty. See, if you're going to be at the cross of repentance, if you're going to find yourself at a place of repentance in your life, you have come, you've got to come to the point that you recognize that you are Guilty. You are guilty. Listen, I remember growing up. I said a prayer. I said a, a sinner's prayer when I was younger. A couple times. And, 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 and I, remember, I remember seeing a movie called The Burning Hell. Anybody see that movie? Man getting a crash on the motorcycle. And, and man, that'll scare it out of anybody. Say man, I'd have said anything that man wanted me to say after I saw that movie. But I wasn't saved because I wasn't invited. The Holy Ghost wasn't dealing with my heart about sin. I wasn't convicted of my sin. I didn't want to go to hell. But boy, when God began to convict me and show me, I was a sinner. It didn't matter how many verses I'd memorized, I was a sinner. It didn't matter if I was a pastor's son, I was a sinner. It didn't matter if I wore a three-piece suit and cowboy boots, I was a sinner. It didn't matter how much church I went to, I was a sinner. And I needed forgiveness. And boy, he began to convict me. And this is what I'd do. I'd be in bed, oh God. If I fall out of this bed, I'll fall into hell. I mean, I was under that much conviction. And I believed that. I believed at any moment, oh, something was going to grab me. I never slept with my feet outside the covers because I didn't want a booger to grab me. I'm telling you, I, it was that real to me. And I will sit there, and boy, I'd be under conviction almost to the point of tears. And I, I'd say, okay, Lord, uh, 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 if I'm not saved, go ahead and save me. And that didn't get me anywhere. And I'd pray, okay, Lord, I, I, let's 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 fix this thing. Now. now, if I'm if I'm not saved, if I'm not saved, uh, then go ahead and save me. Now, some of y'all may have done that, but you know what? God was saying, "Uh, uh-uh, that ain't that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work." You know why? Because I was not recognizing guilt. I was not saying, I am lost, Lord. I need you, Lord. I am guilty. I am a sinner. I need the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can play games with God all you want to, but until you recognize that you're guilty... You recognize that you are a sinner before God. And until you do that and acknowledge your sin, what did David do in his in Psalms 51? In that, in that prayer of repentance, he said, I acknowledge my transgression. I acknowledge my guilt. I acknowledge my iniquity. It is me and me only. I have sinned before you. I am completely at fault here. What did the what did the oh what about what, what about the prodigal son? Isn't that a cool story? How many other story about the prodigal son? He's in the hog pen. He's in the hog pen, and that's where the devil left him. And young people, I promise you this. You go ahead and play the role, and you can do what you want to do and run out. And that's, that's all right, because you will end up in the hog pen. Because when Satan is through with you, you can play around on God. And some of you are doing that now. Some of you are playing around in here, and you play playing the role here, and you look real good here. But when you go outside them doors, it's a different story. But I promise you, the same God that's sitting in this building, he follows you everywhere you go. And that man, he went and did his own thing. He said, man, I'm out of the Father's house. Thank God I can do my own thing. I can be my own person. I can do what I want to do. Hey, and you know what? He found out life wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Because when the money run out, the friends run out. All them friends that you think you have when you're out in sin, I guarantee you, they're thick and thin, friends. When it gets thick, they'll thin out on you. And the Bible said they left him. Helpless and homeless and here he goes, he has nothing. He is starving to death and all he can do, he found a little job feeding the swine and he was sitting there starving so much and so hungry and the way the devil left him, he said he would have ate the, the slop that the hogs did eat. But something happened. The Bible said he came to himself. He said, what in God's name am I doing right here? I, what what in the world man my father has got bread enough to spare I'm glad when you remember the bread that's in the father's house I'm glad it don't matter if you get out and sin and get away from God if you remember the bread that was served to you in the father's house if that child goes out he won't forget the bread he won't forget what was served in this place and he'll get to that place when the devil's got him on the far stretches of his life and he's sitting there empty he said man my father's got enough bread to spare and I'm sitting here with hunger he said I will arise and I will go to my father and I'll say let me be a hired servant you know what he did he dropped the pail jumped the rail and hit the trail say amen that is repentance repentance I have seen people, I have seen people. You say, well, repentance is just changing your mind. Well, let me tell you something. He could have changed his mind in that hog pen, but if he hadn't got out the hog pen and went back home, he hadn't repented. Amen. He went back. You know why? He repented. He said, "I, I don't need this no more. I don't need this no more. And you know what? He said... I'm guilty you know what he told his daddy he said dad I don't even deserve to be in the house with the the family just let me be a servant he was acknowledging his guilt Mm -hmm. just like this thief on the cross you cannot come to a place of repentance in your life till you recognize your guilt till you say I'm guilty that's me I'm the one I'm the one Listen, there was not just a recognition of guilt. He said, we deserve to be here. But then he did this. He looked at Jesus. I believe it was through tear-filled eyes. I believe it was through eyes of hope and maybe. I made fun of him because of what I heard the critics say. I didn't believe him because of what I heard others say. You need to be careful this morning if you're listening to what some other people say about Jesus. There's a crowd running around of critics trying to deny him. They're trying to ridicule him and they're trying to talk everybody else out of believing in him. But all that is is to ease their own conscience about what they already know. And you be careful what you heard other people say. Or what other people's teaching or preaching. You need to trust him. Amen. And I believe with tear-filled eyes, after he heard him say that, he said, he said, Lord, remember me. I don't see anywhere where it says, Father, forgive me of my sin. Save my soul. Come into my heart and be my savior. I, I don't see any of that. Do y'all see any of that? Now, we use that terminology to help people understand what they're doing. But you know what he did? He did exactly what Romans 10 says to do. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Amen. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I believe with all his heart he believed who Jesus was. Amen. And this is what he did. He, there was a, not only a recognition of guilt. There was a requisition of grace. He said if it be possible. I know I don't have much time left here on this planet. But Lord, would you have mercy on me? Amen. I heard a preacher stand up one time, honest to God. He stood up and said, I don't believe in all these deathbed salvations, bless God. They can't wait to the end of their life, and, and I just don't believe that. I said, man, somebody needs to give him a Bible with Luke in it. Yeah. Amen. Now, I don't recommend that. By no means. You need to live all of your life for Jesus. But I tell you what, whatever place you are in your life and you come to him, it doesn't matter. If you come to him with a true heart, an honest heart, a repentant heart, and a longing heart and said, Lord, would you forgive me? It's a done deal. Oh, but I believe, but have you come to him? I believe what you're saying, preacher, about him, but have you come to him? I don't care if you know where the water is. Unless you got a bucket, you ain't going to get any. Have you come to him? Have you requested that salvation? He's standing there offering. He's standing there offering you forgiveness and salvation and a home in heaven. But have you ever come and got it? He not only recognizes guilt, and you may be, you may be at that place right now. But have you ever had a request of grace and say, Lord, please forgive me? Would you take me just like I am? Church, say amen. Amen. The first cross. The first cross is the cross of what? How many of y'all would agree with your preacher? Because I'm going to raise my hand right here. There's been times I've been on that one. How many of of y'all would agree that sometimes we struggle with that one? Well... The second cross that we talked about is the cross of what? Repentance. Repentance. Get into that place that we say, Lord, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of wandering. Lord, I recognize that I am guilty. Lord, would you please save me? Listen, if you get to that one, you'll face this one. Thank God for this one. What's that one? What's that one? One of my favorite songs in all the songbook. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. Redeemed. What is redeem? You know a good way to understand the word redeemed? Is to know and see the picture of a slave auction. A slave auction. You say, oh, that's terrible. It sure is. It's a terrible thing. Awful thing to see. But those slave auctions, they would come in on chains. They'd come in on chains. And then people would bid on them. They'd bid and bid and bid. And, and whatever the price was to redeem them, pay for them. Y'all, y'all with me? Yeah. See, see, one day, I was in I was in the lot. I was walking around bound by the chains of sin. I was walking around led around by Satan doing whatever he bidded me to do. And I was chained and could not help myself. I tried programs and it didn't work. I tried self-help and it didn't work. I tried to just turn over a new leaf and it didn't work. I tried to be better and it didn't work. You know why? Because I was still chained. And oh, hallelujah. Jesus, come by my way. He said, I'll take that one. Oh, but you don't know what it's cost. He said, I've already paid for it. Hallelujah. He paid the redemption price. He shed every drop of blood that he had. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no redemption of sin. There's no payment for sin. And Jesus gave his blood. I know people don't want to sing them songs no more. I know they don't want to sing that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that blood, lose all their guilty stains. I know they don't want to sing what can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, the truth is in the Word of God. God. Nothing can wash away sin, but the blood of Christ. You were not redeemed with corruptible things. You were not redeemed with material things. You were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. When you come to this cross, this cross is a cross of redemption. When you kneel before this cross, there's a couple things you'll find at redemption. When you look at that cross, first thing we see, look here, there is there is, uh, uh, forgiveness provided. Forgiveness. Forgiveness of my stupidity. Forgiveness of my iniquity. Forgiveness of my unbelief. Forgiveness of my sin and rebellion. Forgiveness of everything I ever did, everything I ever said, everything I ever was. I'm glad it doesn't matter who you are. Charles Manson could find forgiveness at this cross. Jeffrey Dahmer could have found forgiveness at this cross. It doesn't matter what sin you committed, you can find forgiveness. Listen, Saul, the Apostle Paul, who was railing and destroying saints of God, He was wreaking havoc on the church. Miss O'Neill, that means as a a, a wild animal would mangle its prey. That's what Paul was doing to the early church. And he was bringing them and burning them at the stake and feeding them to animals because he did it ignorantly in unbelief. But Jesus stopped by his way on the Damascus Road one day, knocked him off his high horse, saved his soul and forgave him, turned him into the greatest preacher that ever walked besides the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? The cross of redemption why you can come in here and I can come in here and they don't see a street walker, they don't see a crack addict, they don't see an adulterer they don't see a murderer they don't see a whoremonger, they don't see a thief or a liar, they see people that have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb brother Donnie, do you realize when this old boy repented Jesus looked at him the same way he did Peter. When that old boy repented, he looked at him the same way he did John the Baptist and the Apostle Paul. There are people letting their past haunt him. But that moment of his eyes closed in death, he was walking on the same street as Elijah, as Elisha, John the Baptist, Listen, I imagine one said, "How'd you get in here?" He said, "Same way you did." (laughs) Matter of fact, he's right behind me. Well, he's in paradise. The moment Jesus died, he went to heaven, took his blood to pay for them sins. Can you imagine, can you imagine everybody waiting in paradise on the Lord? Can you imagine everybody saying, are you the one? Nope. John the Baptist dies, are you the one? Nope, I'm just forerunner. But I saw him. Amen. <laughs> I can imagine as Lazarus. He's in paradise. He said, I ain't him, but I'm his best friend. I've, I've ate dinner with him. I've served him at my house. Then all of a sudden, Lazarus hears something. Matter of fact, I think I can hear him. Some of y'all get that night about 12 o'clock and jump slam out of bed. See, because Jesus called his name and called him back from paradise. On Can you imagine? I would have been mad. Lazarus, come back. Are you kidding me? I mean, you're in paradise, amen? Lazarus said, I'm not him, but... Then that old thief trolls on in. Yeah. And then people wondering, now I know him. Yeah. How in the world did you get in here? Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Yeah. Lord, if you'll take me, Lord, would you remember me? And you know what he said? He said, today I'm going to be with y'all. You ain't got to be rich. You just got to believe him. See, anybody can come to this cross. You know what? This old boy over here, if he would have acted like that boy over there, he'd have been in paradise with him too. You know why? Because at this cross, there's forgiveness provided. You know why some of you are holding grudges and you can't forgive your neighbor, you can't forgive your family member, you can't forgive... Help me now, young people. Stay with me. You can't forgive those who trespassed against you because you've never received full forgiveness. And it's hard to give something you ain't got. But, boy, if you've ever been redeemed, you know what forgiveness feels like. Not only that, there was forgiveness provided, but then there was a future promised. He said, Today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. He didn't say, I hope you hold on. If you don't sin from now until then, you're in. He didn't say that. He said, Today. Today. Richard, you, you believe that? Man, yeah. I believe this too. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I believe that. I believe 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the cloud. I I, I believe that. I believe this too. I believe that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, this old body, this corrupt, broken down, hurting and in pain, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at that last trump, when that trumpet sounds and Jesus comes back, I'm going to be changed immediately. I'm going to have a brand new body. I'm going to have a brand new brain. Say amen. This corrupt will put on incorruption. This mortality will put on immortality. And I'll never be the same. I believe we're going to a place where there's no sorrow, no tears. God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Neither shall there be no death, no sorrow, nor any other thing. For the former things are passed away. And all things. Are y'all with me? I got a future. I've got a father. I've got a faith. I've got a family. I got a function, but more importantly, I got a future. My future's so bright, y'all know it. I got to wear shades. How about yours? Well, you talking about shades. It's your kind of glory of God, man. He ain't gonna need no sun up there because his glory's gonna be shining at all. You better wear something. It's better than the alternative. There is no asbestos in hell. Are you with me? If you'll come to this cross. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. Preacher, you you, you just don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done in my life. Well, let me tell you this. I don't care who it is. I don't care what it is. At... This cross, it can all be forgiven. But in order to get to this cross, you got to get to this one. There's got to be, what was that A and B under that? Say it with me. Under repentance, there's got to be A. Are you ready to do that this morning? Are, are you ready to come to this altar and say, God, that's it. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the man. I'm guilty. Lord, I'm the one he's talking about. I want to give my life to you. I recognize that I'm a sinner. Are you ready to not only recognize your guilt, but what's the other one say? Help me. Are you willing to say, Lord, just take me like I am? If you will, he will. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Kendrick, would you grab that for me? Every head bowed and every eye closed.